0: Five-minute penalty to Chicago, a game misconduct, and then Manson having words with Steven. And now, Butcher gets into it. We're going to have a brawl, folks. Stand by.
1: What's up, everybody? Tyler Cash here. This is the 4th Line Goon Hockey podcast. Hanging out, ready to talk hockey, drink some seltzers, chatting with my boy, Tommy.
0: How you doing, bud? Good. Standing up again. I see it looks like you got a, a sunglass tan going. Oh, yeah. So I've uh, been teaching this
1: summer hockey clinic to middle schoolers across the state of Nevada. And uh, even though I thought I had a sunburn and thought I had a good tan, that is no match for the surface of the sun. That is the desert um 110 degree heat three hours at a time on black like black top surface playing hockey with kids it, it, it's been a blast it's been awesome um i've been having a good time doing it but yeah a lot of sun i uh, got the the tan line for the uh, the hat too Love for it. sure so yeah it's been good man how,
0: how have you been good good just uh in the little bit of hockey that's left weird when it's slow well it was weird enough when it was like one game a day and now we're down to a game every other day and it's like oh it's coming to an end it went by have, too quick yeah I don't have a horse in the race anymore but still still enjoy it still soaking it in
1: yeah I mean the abs kind of spoiled our fun for real they're just winning every single game and shortening the hell out of these series um, which, I mean, we could talk about that. I mean, we don't really have notes. We're just going to wing it like we did last episode, which was a lot of fun. So if you guys didn't check that out, go back and, uh, and do so on our YouTube and Spotify and all that great shit. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about the Colorado Avalanche. Um, without Nazem Kadri. he had thumb surgery. Uh, what was that, game three, I believe? Yeah. So they didn't even finish off the series with him. Uh, I know game four against the Oilers was a bit of a nail-biter wound up uh, ending in overtime. But uh, yeah, I mean, I know that this was a question people were asking us last episode. I don't think we got to it. Are the abs the real deal? That's the real question here.
0: Much as I don't want them to be, it's hard to, hard to say it's, it's not the case. It's like I said, when Gerard went down, broke him sternum in the blue series, you expected some sort of drop-off didn't really happen. But Kadri going down, surgery probably out for the playoffs. Nothing really changed. I think the only glaring thing that you saw that's a concern is the Oilers kind of figured out Franco's there at the end. And if Kemper is not good to play come the cup final, that's maybe your biggest concern. But Abs have depth. They have guys that stepped up. They have guys that can, you know, next man up mentality and – much it pains to me to say it, it's what they have. And they really didn't drop off a whole lot from an offensive or defensive standpoint after those big injuries they sustained.
1: Yeah, the big question mark is, Frank Coos, is he going to be the right man for the the job to carry them through the rest of the playoffs? Obviously, Darcy Kemper was, was playing good. <laughs> I mean, sweep two series. He had one series that went six games, right? Went six against the Blues? Yeah. But, I mean, Kadri out, that's kind of scary. One of your leading goal scorers, uh, especially when Nathan McKinnon's been known to to disappear in the postseason. That's obviously hasn't been a case so far this year. Um, but I, I feel like the real talk of this team is Kale McCarr. Five goals, 17 assists for 22 points in 14 games in the postseason. I mean, that's just insane, especially for – I mean, that's insane for a forward, right? Yeah. And here we are talking about a defenseman and he's earning every bit of that nine million dollar paycheck, that's for sure. So
0: 23 nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, so
1: yeah, and, and he's 5'11, bro. He's a small guy. 5'11, 187 pounds. He's just fast. He's got great hands. I mean, when you got him on your team, if he's healthy, who knows what you're capable of? I mean, the yeah. blue line is is all that important. We saw we see that with Victor Hedman. The past couple of years, the Tampa Bay Lightning, Petrangelo had an amazing year. You know, the the year in 2019 when the Blues won the Cup, you got some good defensemen that are able to put the puck in from the blue line. I mean, it's hard to stop. And Frank Coos is doing well. I mean, he's he's just the big question mark. Right. I mean, is he going to is he going to be the man and are they going to rush Darcy Kemper back? Um kind of like they did with Yari there for game seven for the penguins when he wasn't ready. Um, I don't know. It, it's kudos to them. Hats off. I think this is what the first time that they've advanced to the Stanley cup final in 20 years 20, since they won
0: 21, 22 years. Yeah.
1: And they, they touched the cup. They, uh, they touched the, is it the Campbell bowl? Is like, that the see, one for them? Yeah.
0: Clarence Campbell, like three of them touched the cup and then in including true, McKinnon. <laughs> yeah. And true fucking Nathan McKinnon fashion. During the photo, no smiling. Yeah. Can't, can't Grumpy enjoy, cat Can't enjoy anything, which I mean, they get it. You still have a job to do, but I mean, you haven't done this your whole fucking career. So take it in a little bit. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I And
1: I, I've gotten into it with a few people on Twitter who are like, oh, what's your beef with Nathan McKinnon? I'm like, I don't really have beef. I don't hate the guy. I just don't love watching him play hockey. He he looks miserable. Like he he's a man with a quest and I respect that and as you said last year, I've been on this team nine years and haven't done shit. Uh, so I get his frustration, but it, it in the end it's a game, have fun, right? Smile a little bit. And then the, to demand the rest of your team also have this smug approach, right? Like yep. I, I, uh, I think we made the joke. I hope the rest of the team went out and had pizza and beer to celebrate. And he's just like sitting there, like maybe fork and knifing some kale and some, uh, some mineral water, if you will. But, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I I guess we'll see. I, I don't see them standing a chance against Tampa. Against New York, it, it could be one entertaining series, and that's my two picks. Uh, I guess it all comes down to game five tonight against the Rangers in Tampa because they split both games at home.
0: We were uh, so convinced that series was over.
1: I, I still am. I still am convinced. And, and here's my thing. I am not nervous at all because the Rangers have I think they only lost one game at home so far this postseason, and it was in double overtime. So if my stats are correct there, they could go to game seven at Madison Square Garden, and I like the odds. Yeah, They've done it twice already.
0: We, we saw how that worked with the Hurricanes, right?
1: Hey, it worked. It worked twice. So, so far, and, and you know, fun fact. Actually, I don't, I didn't know this. I'd be surprised if you did. There has not been a single team to ever win the Stanley Cup that went four game sevens so yeah, no Christ. no team has has played the maximum amount of games and won for the stanley cup yet uh i think the closest one was the boston bruins in 2011 i thought they, it was the
0: kings as well it could be wrong on that they, they
1: both did so they okay. both went three rounds going game sevens yeah. and then lost in the in the final or uh won in the final in the, in the case of the bruins or whatever so um yeah, I don't know, man. I'm I. The game's starting right now as we're podcasting, so I'm gonna have to play catch up here uh, and maybe potentially eat my own words. But I don't know, man. Shishkin's got that look in his eye. the The Rangers seem to be health healthy. Strom is playing tonight. I saw that in Cheadle. I think that's how you say his name, Philip uh from the kid line. All the guys under 23 years old that have been just lighting it up. So they seem to be pretty healthy. And um, you know, going going against. Tampa, who has Braden Point out still. I don't know. I like my odds.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they just showed it that um Jad uh line uh finally got the matchup, of course, having the home change with uh being at home. The Lightning got with the Sorelli line against the Zabanajan line. They did nothing in two games, but the two games where they were able to match up away from him. That's when they did their damage. So Zabinijad goes, the Rangers go tonight. That's my opinion. If Zabinijad's line doesn't show up, Rangers lose.
1: I mean, Zabinijad's been showing up, though. I'm pretty sure he's a goal a game, not even a point per game. Uh, something like insane. Zabinijad, NHL stats, looking him up as I, so I don't eat my own words too hard here, but. I shocked him he's a goal a game. Dude, he's been a goal a game, at least in this series so far. Sure, in the
0: series. I, I believe that. Okay,
1: so he's. He's 10 goals, 14 assists for 24 points in 18 games.
0: So barely half a goal game average. Come on.
1: And okay. And he's been a goal a game this series so far up until last game, uh, which I actually didn't get a chance to watch.
0: So he's not um, a goal game player in this series.
1: Okay. Damn, damn near close. Okay. In the postseason, that's pretty impressive. If you ask me, especially if he's still sitting on, I mean, the game before that he had an, a goal and assists, um, yeah, I don't know. He, I, you're right, though. If you shut down your superstars, then what do you got? But my thing is, is the fourth line for Tampa hasn't been producing quite like they should. I know we saw that goal from Pat Maroon, and obviously he's been letting his presence be known.
0: Uh, I, think on his- it. I think that's his first goal in the last three years. He's always won a couple of years in a row. This is his fourth. Line. I think that's his first goal over the last four postseasons that he scored in the third round or later, which is crazy to think. OK, but yeah. Kind of kind of random tidbit.
1: Yeah. And, and I did you see that interview? I posted it online where he they said, oh, I heard you and Revo are our best friends. He's like, oh, we've had a few beers. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's all fun and games like they're they're poking at each other. And I know that that ref tried to get in between and they haven't really let them fight. But with that being said, we did get our first fight of the postseason. The first thing that I would actually consider a fight.
0: Uh, maybe, Uh, maybe second, depending on what you look at it. But yeah, I agree.
1: Like full-fledged, like actual, like something worthwhile. And it was, uh, Frank Toronto, Vetrano, uh, and Hagel, which is two unexpected guys. They don't normally fight. And I think the only reason that they got the opportunity to fight was because the refs had no idea it was even coming. They were probably preoccupied on, on
0: seeing if Rebo and Linesman's hands got in there close before they could get the right. As they're getting the gloves off and they they let him go. I mean, yeah, I mean, looking at it, yeah, I mean, I'm just like watching it in real time again. I mean, yeah, definitely the first one where it's like all of them have been lopsided where one guy throws one or two punches and like that's it. Or this was the first one where, all right, I'm going to pummel you a little bit. All right, I'm going to get out of it. I'm going to pummel you a little bit. And then it kind of like ends. So right about fucking time. Sad that I took over a month of playoff hockey to get a true fight.
1: I, but I, Jesus, I, I don't remember the last time this many linesmen have stepped in and completely stopped like eradicated every single opportunity to fight as you mentioned i think an episode or two ago in the bubble it was just like nonstop. yeah i guess it was just the vibes the frustration of being yeah being there but
0: four months and then stuck in a fucking yeah bubble but i never thought
1: i would miss any aspect of the bubble except for the aggressive fighting for sure No Uh,
0: kidding So,
1: um, you know, let's talk a little bit about Evander Kane, right? So his contract got terminated or is in the process of being terminated by the San Jose Sharks. He had four years, I believe, left, a little over 7 million AAV, something in that ballpark. No team wanted him. His locker room problem, we don't want him around. We don't want that term. We don't want that contract. No, no dice. Not only did they not want that, they weren't even willing to take picks in return for Evander Kane because they were that concerned about him. Right. Dude shows up and has himself a little hell of a half of a season, uh, especially in the postseason. I mean, I hate the guy full disclosure, but he was lighting it up. And um, so now here we are. And so for for a good measure, let's talk about this, right? Fifteen games played in the postseason, thirteen goals with four assists for seventeen points. Uh, in the regular season, he was thirty nine points in forty three games this year. Uh, obviously, he was, you know, he had his ordeal where he was in the AHL, I guess, for a split second. Um, yeah, I don't think he
0: actually played. Actually, did play a few games. Yeah,
1: but yeah. Do you think any other team now? Is gonna give him the full ride. I, I I see all these rumors on Twitter where they're saying that his agent is essentially asking for a four-year, five-year deal at the same AAV, like seven million. Is is the team gonna snap at that or
0: what? I mean, think look at it this way: as shitty as the thing it is to say, if some more stuff comes out about his ex-wife or fiance or girlfriend or whatever she is or somebody else for that manner. Assuming that the whole grievance that Kane's agent, the NHLPA filed on terminating his contract, um, assuming that stands, there's grounds to bounce somebody if that shit happens again. Well, right. I guess I take that back. I mean, his more bouncing, I think, was more of the COVID situation, correct? Versus the sexual. Oh, right. Yeah, like he that. faked so- the,
1: COVID, the COVID card.
0: Yeah. So maybe not. I take that back. But that being said, I mean, I think it's a situation where you're probably looking at three options. You could probably find yourself going to a contending team on like a one-year deal that pays you decent. You could probably find a team that's maybe, you know, a little bit more than a bubble team, but like a good solid team that'll give you an okay contract for a couple of years. Or you could probably go to a team that's like, you know, we could use a really good top six guy and we'll sign him for four or five years. And you know, maybe first couple of years might suck, but we'll get good term and value. That's my kind of take on it. Like I like teams that come to mind is it's like a New Jersey, a Vancouver. Um you could maybe even argue like a Nashville if if Forsberg doesn't resign there too. So I mean there's there's options for him your hockey play talks more than your off ice play. So that's my take. So I think he's going to get paid. He's going to get 7 million. I don't know, but he's going to get term and he's going to get probably at least five. If not, six. I,
1: I, if I'm a GM of an NHL team, which obviously not, I'm not, I'm just a a guy chatting hockey in my living room
0: while standing up,
1: uh, while standing up and enjoying a nice, of course, Tapo Chico seltzer. If you guys want to sponsor us, feel free to email us. Uh, But anyways, yeah. um, If I'm a GM, I'll pay the man, but you're only getting one year out of me. You're too much of a risk outside of that. Let's talk about the COVID situation, the ex-wife scenario. Then let's talk about suspensions. I mean, the guy did just get suspended. I mean, he's not squeaky clean and he's a liability. Yeah, he can put the puck in the net but also he only played a half a season on a line with Connor freaking McJesus. I mean, anybody can put up points like that. We saw it with Pat Maroon and Taylor hall. Like anybody can really deliver with these people when you're playing with a superstar. Right. I I don't know. I I think he stays put in Edmonton. I, I was just looking up what they have left and it looks like they have 7 million that they could still sign players in the off season. They're still committed to Mike Smith. I don't really see them moving on past that. Otherwise they would have pulled the trigger two seasons ago. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and he'll take, he'll take a team friendly deal to stay out with on a line with McDavid, right? Like not much of one, but pay the man like five and a half for the next four years. And he'll stay put.
0: I don't see how you do it. You only have eight forwards signed. You only have six demons signed. You only have one goalie signed. You have 7 million of cap space. There's no way that works unless he takes an incredibly team-friendly deal, which to Vander Kane, he's not doing that. He can't afford it. Yeah, so they, nah, he's, he's not doing that. Just, side note, I just realized this, it's hilarious to me that James Neal is being paid like $2 million a year by the Oilers in the buyout, which is which is great. Just a side note. The
1: AHL uh, superstar, James Neal.
0: Yeah. Dude, hey,
1: fun fact about that. So uh, one of the guys I work with, his brother is in the AHL. Uh, he's part of the hockey operations at City National Arena. And he is like, dude, he parties with James Neal on the rig, like right now, like in Springfield, like amazing. Yeah, I know it's it's incredible. He was watching his his brother because they're they're tearing it up, right? They're still winning in the postseason. They I stole... mean,
0: yeah, James Neal isn't doing a whole lot, but I mean, yeah, they're they're I think tied or up two one in their Eastern Conference, whatever the club one of that as the HL for the Calder Cup. That's that's insane. That's James Neal.
1: James Neal at age 37, 36.
0: Playing in his first like AHL season, let alone his first first Calder Cup.
1: Unreal. You could write a movie about that. You could have uh, like Andy Samberg or somebody play James Neal. Give him like a severe Coke problem and he's
0: just partying with college kids. I just think the funniest thing is point up his profile on AHL. AHL.com, by the way, not AHL.com. It's the funniest thing to me. They have his player media and they have his first year rookie photo and then they have his current day photo like on there from the blues and then when he was with the stars i believe um which is just funny to me to see like the drastic difference um because the dude was like i mean we're talking like 15 years at least between the photos but um i think it's just funny because they're not the same person to me at all
1: hey now what's up goons tyler cash here and it's time to pause the podcast and chat a bit about our amazing sponsors over at schlafly brewing company Hockey and beer, does it get any better? I don't think so. Schlafly has been brewing up some of the best beer I've ever had for many years and it's officially that time of year for their famous raspberry Hefeweizen. It's one of my personal favorites. Their raspberry Hefeweizen distinguishes itself among others in that it's a true fruit beer. None of this fruit flavored crap. It uses real raspberry in the brewing process. Once the fruit sugar ferments out, the aroma and flavor stay in, making this a delightful, drinkable beer that's not too sweet or tart. It's refreshing and balanced with a natural, hazy pink coloring. Because it's low in alcohol, it brings out a smooth dose of weediness, and it's perfect for summer. It's perfect for any time. Download the Schlafly app or visit schlafly.com to locate and devour yours today. That's S C H L A F L Y dot com. Schlafly beer. Drink Mo beer. This podcast is brought to you by One in a Million Handyman Services Incorporated. One in a Million is a family-run local company that's been serving the Las Vegas, Nevada area for over 15 years. They are licensed and insured throughout Clark County and travel as far as Boulder City, Henderson, Las Vegas, and North Las Vegas. One in a Million specializes in smaller home repairs, but also tackles commercial repairs. They've worked around the strip, residential homes, commercial buildings, you name it, One in a Million has made their mark. With a 4.5 star Yelp review and countless of happy customers throughout the 15 years, you can guarantee you'll be happy with their services. All previous customers can refer an unlimited amount of friends and family for a $25 referral credit, which would come off of any future projects and or repairs if they decide to use one in a million. This offer also extends to the fourth line goon listeners mention this podcast and you will receive a $25 referral credit that will come off of the total cost of your repairs. Juan in a Million is open Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., and you can find them on the web at oneinamill.com. That's J-U-A-N-I-N-A-M-I-L-L.com, or you can also find them at Mill on Instagram. One in a Million Handyman Services won't let you down. Check them out. Staying with topic of the Imogen Oilers, me and some uh, hockey buds, uh, at our game last night, some of the guys on my team, we were having a slight argument at the bar chatting about which player would request a trade first. Do you think Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews is going to get shipped off of their team first? If you had to pick between those two players and their scenarios they have now, whether they won out or they agree out, who do you think moves first?
0: You already know my answer. Okay,
1: well, yeah, but like, let's, let's be realistic here. Like, okay, let's just, he's, he doesn't want to go to Arizona right now. It's not going to happen. So, if, if where are you at? Who do you think it's more frustrated and wants to leave before their contract's up?
0: I mean, I think it's easy to say Austin Matthews by a, a long shot. I mean, not only that, Austin Matthews only has two years left where Conor McDavid has four. You also have Conor McDavid as the captain of your team and other ones an a i think alternate captain but yeah i just don't see it like i mean Connor mcdavid if he were to go like the only way he had shook up edmonton if he's like i hate my coach i hate my gm i hate my owner i'm not playing another fucking day in this jersey i will sit on my ass shit me out which he's yeah not gonna, he's not gonna do he's not that type of a person
1: yeah i could see both my argument was i could see both of them finishing out their contracts um personally i well yeah, I, I will say they will finish out their contracts for sure yeah, they're not going to request a trade during this uh, this run
0: i mean yeah i mean i don't think they would request one i mean the only one you're going to be able to move is Austin Matthews anyway he doesn't have he doesn't have any sort of no movement or no trade clause but really I mean, yeah i didn't even know I, that how highly, the hell why highly highly unlikely yeah i mean they're in win now mode the Leafs are going to try for at least two more years. And then, if not three, and then after that point, you have basically Matthews, Marner, Taveras, and Nylander all up in the next three to four years. So,
1: well, Taveras Tiber- off the books would probably be a good move in a-, in a lot of people's eyes as far as that team goes. True,
0: true, true. But true. I mean, if
1: you're the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs and let's say the Anaheim Ducks call you, and they say, we're going to offer you two first-round picks, Trevor Zegers and John Gibson for, for Austin Matthews. Would you, are you going to
0: consider that? I mean, if I'm any GM, I don't know how you say no to that, if I'm being honest.
1: I feel like that's what it would take, right? I mean, you yeah. got a
0: generational player
1: that could change the game like that. I mean, I you're mean, going to have to give you, up
0: the farm. You would also have to somehow get him to agree to like a, a sign-in trade, I feel like, too, on top of that. He's like got people. two years left. I mean, yeah, that would, so sign that would still another, be worth it. Sign another eight. Not for two, not for two potential franchise players and two first round picks who are gonna probably be mid first round picks these next couple of years. Absolutely not. That's my take. But I mean, if you got him to do a sign and trade, sure. I mean, if we're gonna fantasy land, yeah, that makes sense. Like, is that gonna happen? No.
1: I yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think that they both finish out their contract, but I mean, McDavid. He's shown signs of having fun this year, and he's going to have that fire under his ass. I feel like it's just whether or not they're going to provide the right team behind him. I mean, they got to do something about that goaltending. Mike Smith wasn't even the problem, but he's definitely not the solution.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I feel like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I think this is as far as far as his as far as McDavid's gone in the postseason. I think this is as far as he's gone. So, um, I mean, it's shown that they can almost get there, so it's a step in the right direction. Are you still pissed off that you lost? Yeah. Is it also crazy that over half of his postseason points have come in this one postseason alone that he's played the postseason for five years? Also nuts. Is it also nuts that both him and Dreisaitl could still potentially end the playoffs being the points leaders for the NHL? Yes, also nuts. There's plenty of reasons to stay. Are you sick of losing? Are you sick of always coming up short? Of course you are. And question now is, yeah, who replaces Mike Smith? I mean, there's no, I mean. <laughs> arcandre andre Fleury. Are you, are you, yeah, Koskinen's it's a free the agent. Books. Are you really expecting Mike Smith at 40, 41 years old to be able to carry your team anymore, especially after all the dumb mistakes that he's made handling the puck already? Yeah. Like, at what point do you just say fuck off, quite honestly? But that's my take. So before we get
1: to questions, uh, we want to thank you guys so much for for tuning in uh, each week while we get through the postseason. It's been a lot of fun. I'm sure we're going to have some guests lined up uh, during the offseason and keep things a little exciting uh, while we wait for the next season. Uh, just kind of going through uh, our notes back and forth. Uh, is there anything that we didn't touch base on? I feel like, I mean, we, everyone knows where we stand with this, this Rangers-Tampa series. Yeah. Um, you did pick Oilers for for your pick, uh, bold bold strategy there. Very,
0: very biased reasons with Stan Kroenke as the owner of the apps, but yeah. You
1: know. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, oh, you know what? Let's talk about it. Boston fucking Bruins. What the hell is yeah. going on? What the hell is brewing, if you will, over in Boston? It it looks like a shitstorm, man. Like. Uh, they fired Bruce Cassidy. That's, that's the news. And then in the same day, you're hearing rumors of tra- trading Pasternak. Then that pretty much solidifies the idea that they're not bringing Bergeron back. Five times Selkie winning Patrice Bergeron, your, your captain of your team. And then that means if you're trading pasta, Bergeron's not coming back. That also mean that, means that is not coming back. Yeah. And then you got Marchand for, what, another year? And your team is falling apart. I mean, what, what's your take on all this? Why? What's with all this madness?
0: Yeah, I mean, there has to be something with the coaching staff and general management that's causing all of this. I mean, the rumor is that Pastorak refuses to sign an extension because of how Krejci's extension contract um, talks went and didn't work out, as well as Tori Krug. That's the rumor. There obviously Krug is a blue. Krejci, I think, took this last season off from the NHL and played, like, overseas or something along those lines. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I mean, you're really at that point where, if that is the case, do we trust our GM? Or is he getting the can to keep sort of the band together in a sense of Pasternak and Marchand? And then potentially, you know, with those guys gone, does that enough to bring Bergeron back for another year too? I'm going to keep the band together for at least another year. But then after that, it's, you know, if you don't sign Pasternak, you're in a tough spot long-term.
1: It makes the most sense to trade Brad Marchand out of all the guys, right? Like Pasta's younger. He is inevitably captain material. Stan's not really captain material with his history of suspensions and the hot headedness he has. You got Jeremy Swayman. You got Charlie McAvoy and pasta and build off that bring Krejci back to kind of add a little bit of depth in that veteran leadership and go from there. Right. But yeah. it sounds like they're cleaning house and it sounds like the GM, which what is his name? Tim Sweeney. Am I right on that? Don it's,
0: Sweeney. I believe. Don
1: Sweeney is, yeah. is like in, in uh, maybe his job is on the line, and he's just trying to shake shit up because Bruce Cassidy said that two weeks after it had been two weeks after the postseason postseason ended for them, and he was assured he was going to have a job next year. And Sweeney just shows up to his house, cuts him loose, completely blindsides him. And when in the interviews that I saw, he he said that he was basically destroyed. The Bruins were his team. He felt like he did his job. He, al- he also mentioned that wherever he goes, he wants to bring Bergeron with him. So that that's interesting. So if some team decides to pick him up, and now we have all these re- uh, these coaches that are available, which is madness. We were we we're just talking about Trots. Now we have Tockett, Trots, Tortorella, Cassidy. Like I feel like how we had goalies uh, open over the past couple of seasons. Now we have these coaches yeah. Yeah. it's like a never-ending carousel of coaches so uh, this this offseason is going to be very interested to see where they land up and honestly i know people were asking me what who i thought was going to come to vegas and i was sold that it would be trots and now maybe we're seeing why they held off because they want to explore all the options just as these coaches do um definitely a hard time to be a bruins fan that's for sure and if they gut this team and don't really get much in return, then it's going to be a sad future for them. And uh, I mean, don't you just hate to see it, Tommy? Honestly, to be that close and then
0: gutted. But them so- to a nicer organization.
1: <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's a- uh, answer some questions. We got a handful of them. I, I reached out to you guys on Twitter, and we're going to be sending uh, some fourth line goon keychains. Uh, and, uh, for you guys partaking in these questions that not even Tommy has yet. So feel special, feel special. Uh, so here is question number one, Tim Ward, that guy, four, four, eight. Remember that name? Solid name. Thanks for tuning in again, bud. Where does Pasternak end up and what would it cost VGK or St. Louis to get him? Um, I guess let's just say, what would it cost any team to get Pasternak, right? Is He's got two years left on his contract, something in that ballpark. His, his, his
0: last year is coming up.
1: Okay, one year. So um, I don't know if the guy's holding out and refusing to play for your organization isn't very happy. <laughs> the price might be cheaper. Uh, definitely a couple of first round picks. I would say if, if someone like Brandon Hagel is fetching a couple of first round picks, then Pasternak's I, definitely going to.
0: But the thing that makes the most sense to me, and that's assuming that they're doing more retooling, Brinkett bring it to Boston, ooh, or Pasternak and maybe like a first.
1: Wow. Does that does that wow. really move the, does that
0: move the needle for the Blackhawks? No, I don't think so. I mean, does it get them a first round pick that they probably need at this point? Do they have two the next couple of years from the from the Lightning? I mean, yes, but I mean. Brinkett's got a year left before he's an RFA. He's already making, I think, the Pastor Jack pretty much makes, and he's going to probably be looking for an increase. Pastor Jack brings star power back to the Blackhawks as the Kane and Tays era potentially ends. Like, I don't like it. I'm not a fan of it, but like, does it make sense? Kinda. That's pasta
1: and Kane. That is just nasty.
0: Like that actually
1: make th- makes that team an offensive weapon.
0: I mean, right? Pasta Kane and Taze even, even though Taze is, you know, a little bit down, a downswing, but still, I mean, that's something that makes sense if you're looking to change things up and you think you can't re-sign them uh, and Swing is not going anywhere if that's the case. Uh, that just seems very logical, at least from a Bruin standpoint too.
1: Yeah. I mean, I like that trade a lot for sure. It changes things up quite, quite considerably.
0: But To, uh, to answer quickly, for the blues, like if we're playing like hypothetical situation here, I think it would have to be like something along the lines of like a first and like Buchnevich would, would probably get the deal done for, for Pasternak. I don't see it happening still again, but I, I can't even
1: it. begin to approach a hypothetical trade for the Vegas Golden Knights because they still have so much salary cap to trade. Um, and they would have to involve a big amount of money going back. Yeah. So I, I don't even know. I mean Patch potentially, and then you pretty much would have to give up somebody like Rason, like one yeah. like a first round pick, and that would that you just can't do that anymore. Like you yeah. can't sacrifice your future for now, unless I guess, like you said, if he's gonna sign an extension, but then I mean, what is he gonna fetch? Like, like nine yeah. mil, ten At million? Least. At least And yeah. you can't have three 10 million dollar players on your on your squad like it's just not going to work like that and we're they're already teetering on that with patch at 8 million and mark stone dude holy shit they do have three 10 million dollar players almost they have strangelo and, and in, in yeah. stone yeah it's so that's so shit close. no yeah i don't want them i don't they <laughs> i don't i don't want to i mean as much as i love pasta you'd have to you have to do more gymnastics cap gymnastics than necessary to even make that facilitate that trade. Um, all right. So, uh, D Tinks six one eight on Twitter wants to know what team is the most cap fucked. And I think you and I both agree on this. We've talked about it in, in, uh, episodes past. It's hard not to say the Minnesota wild, um, with all that buyout like 14 million in buyout for like the next couple of years is, it's kind of like intense, especially when they don't have a second goalie locked in yeah. um, and they're kind of weak in the front end. Um, they're going to have to move Fiala. I've, I've heard some, some movement talk about moving Dumba finally, which is hilarious because they protected him from the expansion draft all those years ago and, and yeah. basically screwed their organization even further with his, with his contract. Um yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's, that's my pick is the Minnesota wild, but I mean, I know it's pretty obvious.
0: I mean, yeah. Wild long-term. I mean, I still think short-term nights are a pretty shitty situation. You got So you got you got nine forwards, seven D signed and a goalie. And as of right now, you only have 200 K in cap space.
1: Yeah. Well, they so have you, two goalies. They got Thompson signed too.
0: Well, so correct. And but, Brassois, he, but, but they're not, my point is like with them being injured and um Thompson going back to the minors they aren't hitting on the cap at the moment in the off season. So with yeah. them off the books, they're 200 K. If they bring them up, they're already over. So it's, I think present day, the golden Knights, not the wild because they have cap space, even though they have these bullshit penalties that they have coming out. Well, I think like not bullshit penalties, justifiable penalties, but bullshit. If you're a wild fan penalty, but yeah, I mean the Knights, but I think it's more a sick case of who's leaving and how many people are leaving versus Cap Hell, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it makes perfect sense. But my my excuse for the Golden Knights is they're the expansion team and they're trying to figure things out still. And and to, to be fair and to play biased devil's advocate, they were told the cap was going to go up quite significantly over the yeah. years. And so, who knows so
0: was every team.
1: Right. So I mean, but when you're trying to figure things out, yeah, they did get a little greedy and a little like um star crazed, you know, at all these players that became available that they came and grabbed. Uh, and yeah, I'm not the hugest fan of like every move, but I mean, that's going to be like that with every team and no, they're no, still no. trying to figure everything out, but yeah, definitely going to have to do a lot of moves in the offseason. I think every fan knows that much. Yeah. Um, where does Vili Huso play next year? Uh, Rainy days, 526 wants to know anywhere that is- that's going to pay him. Maybe Buffalo. Honestly, he could get the starting uh, position there, maybe in Arizona. I mean, a team that needs a goalie and has cap space, you know.
0: Buffalo may I mean <sighs> Buffalo makes a lot of sense. I mean, it could be mad if he did good there. at the Sabers. I think the other one that makes the most sense to me too might be the Devils. Yeah. I think that's somewhere they that still you could, have some room. You could you could do a few years at a few million. And then you have a decent goalie that's not like a McKenzie fucking Blackwood running your crease for the whole year. And then I think that still gives the Devils that comfort that they're going to have, like, a potential, in their eyes, a 1A, 1B thing between Blackwood and Jusso and make each other kind of earn their playing time, which is probably ideal for them in the short term, so...
1: So one more question before we run out of time here. And it's also a goalie question. And I had to answer it because it has the best name on Twitter. It's the Logan Thompson Stan account. (laughs) So I guess they're talking about Devin Sawa from uh, the Eminem music video. Dear Stan. Like, I I think it's, man, you people have some, some creative takes. That's for sure. Uh, But yeah, anyways, he says, or he or she says, Does Logan Thompson become the number one goalie for Vegas at any point next season? Um, He's definitely not starting off as number one. And Leonard, I I think Leonard is going to return. I think that that's his net. He played amazing at the start of this season, and it's going to be his net until further notice. I do think to help them shed that cap space, they're going to get rid of Brassois. Um, I don't know to who I don't know if they're gonna have to give up a pick to give him up because everyone knows the situation they're in Uh, Logan Thompson will be the backup and if you're a Vegas Golden Knights fan you could hope that he plays amazing enough to steal the job because if he does you have him signed for the next three seasons at league minimum basically so that that would be the best case scenario
0: yeah uh also let's update you on some uh present day pop culture stuff Stan is like a super fan like crazy, big, like, obsessive person, if that makes sense. not saying that they are, but that's what Stan means in oh, 2022. Just Okay, so yeah. So Eminem um, M&M
1: revolutionized Urban urban Dictionary. Yeah,
0: let's go with that. So, <laughs> my, yeah, my take is short leash on Liner. He starts as the backup. It could be a Huso situation potentially with him where he's playing really well. Next year, is he going to be good? Who knows? That's kind of my take. Different, obviously, players, but yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in,
1: ForthlineGoon dot com. Make sure you find us on Twitter and Instagram. We'll drop our handles below. And we appreciate you guys so much. And if you were a part of those questions at the end, we'll be sending out those keychains. Cheers, everybody.
0: Bye, everyone.